Welcome to Simulcast. I'm Victoria Brazel. I'm Ben Simon. I'm Jesse Spur. I'm Jess Stokes Parish, and you're listening to Simulcast. Connecting the healthcare simulation community. All right. Hello and welcome to Simulcast. Today I'm thrilled to be joined by two amazing guests to explore the space in the expanding world of virtual simulation for nursing education. I'd like to welcome to Simulcast Julie Stegman, Vice President of Nursing Segment for Health Learning Research and Practice Business at Walters Lua, and Professor Jacqueline Seaman, Simulation and Nursing Skills Lab Coordinator and Nursing Faculty at Lake Superior School of Nursing. Thank you so much for your time and interest in joining me for a chat about this. Um, To give a bit of structure to the conversation, because we could really sort of expand um, into a lot of different directions of this, I thought we'd wrap it up in a bit of a the why, the what, and the so what of the virtual simulation program that we're going to be discussing, vSIM. And uh, before we dive in into the depth of the chat, I'd like to get a little bit more of a sense from both of our guests as to the bio that I couldn't really find online, the stuff that kind of who are you, what do you do, and what excites you about where nursing education is headed. So I might kick off by starting with Julie, if you're happy to give us a bit of a who are you. Sure, sure. Um, So I am the vice president, as you said, for the nursing segment. Um, And what that means um, at Walters Clover is we're really responsible for bringing solutions to market. Um, A little bit about my background. uh, I started in healthcare publishing in a startup unit called Electronic Media. So that tells you a little bit about my longevity um, of my career. And at that time we were providing education and training software largely related to um, individual healthcare professionals and hospitals. Um, And we were a little ahead of our time. We were doing things on floppy disks. One of our products was on an interactive laser disk. We were actually shipping computers into hospitals. Um, But it's there that I kind of developed my enthusiasm for what technology can do. Um, And I think more importantly for working with customers, um, you know, you talked about what excites me. um, And that's truly kind of the spark is creating products that help our customers solve um, their problems in a day-to-day basis. And I'm just super fortunate to actually do that in healthcare. It's incredibly rewarding. Um, I think any of us, um, everybody, you know, has a connection to health care. All of our lives have been touched by a healthcare professional and a little more closer to home. My great grandmother was a nurse. My aunt is a nurse. I have tons of friends who are nurses. So it's pretty easy to be passionate about that. Oh, that's that's fantastic. And I'm certainly old enough to recall um, doing assignments where uh, Encarta Encyclopedia and um, floppy disks were the source of our, our advanced information beyond the <laughs> Encyclopedia Britannica set that we had at home. Um, I, I imagine the change management um, around that sort of where you're talking actually sending out computers to organisations to enable a new style of education was massive. It was massive. I mean, I I, I think it was I would actually say it was massive, but at the same time, I was really fortunate to do it um, in a space like healthcare that has to change rapidly. And also with nursing, um, we were providing solutions to nurses at that time. We still are. And I'm really, I mean, I think nurses are innovators. Um, 
you know, and our job is really about advocating on their behalf. So creating um, solutions that solve our customers' problems and then really advocating for nurses' innovative ideas and just bringing that to other nurses. Um, so I think our market um, generally keeps us on our toes. <laughs> um, and I see time and time again, and I mean, we'll talk about vSIM, um, but that is a perfect example of where nursing is really driving that innovation. Uh, awesome. Thank you. And I might throw to Jackie to give us a bit of an insight into who you are and what makes you tick. So I am a nursing faculty member and the Simulation and Nursing Skills Lab Coordinator at Lake Superior College in Duluth, Minnesota. I have been a registered nurse for 30 years, um, all in obstetric, maternal, and newborn nursing. Um, I started off my nursing career as a Navy nurse stationed in Charleston, South Carolina, and then I uh, had a duty station in Rota, Spain, where I met my husband, and I think it was about six or seven years into my nursing career and decided to leave the military at that time to start a family. We moved back to Duluth, where I'm from, and I continued teaching um, at a local hospital, different uh, programs related to maternal health, childbirth classes, resuscitation courses, and things like that. And when we were done starting a family, I went back to bedside nursing and stayed there for 15 years. And during that time, decided I needed a challenge in my life. So I went and got my master's degree as a perinatal clinical nurse specialist slash case manager slash nurse educator <laughs> and knew I came from a family of educators and I knew that I loved sharing information with others. And so I started as an adjunct faculty in 2010 here at our college. And we have four nursing programs here. We have a licensed practical nurse, an associate degree, an LPN two associate degree RN program, and a military medic to LPN program. And so when a full-time position opened in 2011, I uh, went for it. And I love being a nurse educator. Um, what excites me is sharing the passion of nursing with students who have that same passion for becoming a nurse. And um, as my time at this institution has evolved we know how important the use of simulation is in the education of our future nurses. And so that has become a passion of my own. And so we have developed courses that heavily integrate simulation so that our students can be the nurse in a safe environment and practice and grow their intuition, their storytelling um, capabilities, and of course, their analytical thinking in that safe environment. Oh, wonderful. So that's what excites me. <laughs> you're, you're, I, can, I can feel your passion exuding on it. And it's, it's actually a beautiful launch pad for, I, I guess, taking that next step into the chat about the why of um, what we're going to talk about. I, I kind of, that echoes a line that really interested me from our email correspondence in the lead up to this, which was 
essentially that the goal, the, the kind of one goal of all of the program development is to ensure the delivery of best care to all patients. And that begins with the best training for clinicians and nurses. And I think you kind of just wrapped up. And that's why I wanted you guys to introduce yourselves because I can just hear your independent passions for this. So that's fantastic. Um, I, I guess the, the sort of starting to think about the why, the, the big challenge seems to be this combination of a pre-existing looming workforce shortage for our nurses um, and then that's been exponentially accelerated by a worldwide pandemic that's sort of bumped along a loss of a lot of nurses out of the workforce as well um, for a number of reasons. So I'd, I'd really like to kind of start off with getting a little bit of a sense of the socio-political landscape that's informed the business direction in nursing education, Julie, that um, Walters Kluwer is sort of seen. Um, and then we'll kind of look at how that's being felt in the academic setting and the nursing school setting um, through Jackie. So, Julie, if you could sort of talk us through that kind of landscape, um, it, I, I imagine it's a little similar to my experiences in in Australia, but there's clearly through Jackie's lead in a very different nursing training system with multiple different types of nursing training programs in the US. Sure, sure. Yeah, and I think you mentioned the nursing shortage, which, you know, um, I think has been a, a ongoing dialogue, right? It's, it's not something new. It's definitely been top of mind for Walters Kluwer for quite a long time. Um, it's across many countries, right? So it's not U.S. centric and it's really due to, you know, an aging population, people living longer and with more complexity. And I think the other thing is an aging workforce, right? Um, um, you know, alongside of managing that more complex patient care and then, you know, the education of future nurses, which Jackie is so passionate about, Um and there's been challenges all across that, right, um, for future nurses and educating them in um, the U.S. We know that increasing enrollments in nursing schools has been a challenge and qualified applicants were and still are being consistently turned away from nursing schools. And one of the top challenges there is, you know, not having enough clinical sites or faculty, Um you know, coupled with that, also our job, like I said, what we're so passionate about is solving customers' problems and actually engaging with them very deeply. And, you know, at that, at a certain point, we recognized that the student that we were, you know, partners in educating was very, very different. It was a digitally native student. Um, I'm sure, you know, Jackie talked about her children. I have children too. They grew up on iPads. Um, and iPhones. Um, and, you know, that digitally native student was expecting a different learning experience, which is higher engagement, much more immersive and much more personalized. Um, one of the things, again, that's so great about working with nurses is nursing facu faculty were smart to realize that. Um, their classrooms were shifting to active learning. They were increasing engagement. And that really influenced us to shift our focus to what we consider more case-based uh, learning as well as adaptive learning solutions. And that was kind of the beginning of vSIM for us. And, you know, that was almost 10 years ago. And now today we're looking at, you know, kind of the same challenges, but very much as you, you alluded to, Jesse, being exacerbated by the pandemic. Um, you know, we just read a new report that says we may be short by 13 million nurses worldwide by 2030. 
nurses are really experiencing very real burnout as a result of the pandemic. So there's that critical need to not only retain existing bedside nurses, but also to continue to educate new nurses and do that really competently. Um, so for us, it was really our market pushing us and pushing us um, from the time we started VSIM to today to really provide solutions that help solve these problems. It's a great sort of launch pad. And um, yeah, I, I think we're all feeling that. <laughs> I've not at any point in my career, career of um, about 15 years of nursing felt as unenthused about going to work yet uh, um, from a staffing point of view am needed more than ever. So there's there's a real battle there. So I, I'd like to just check in, Jackie, with um, how this sort of this socio-political problem is actually being felt at your institution and some of the institutions of your academic colleagues. Yes. Uh, well, I agree with uh, Julie's remarks um, we battle with every semester, every academic year, do we have enough faculty uh, to fill our courses, to fill our clinicals? Do we have the clinical uh, placements necessary for our students to have those learning opportunities? What are our limitations, um, not only in how many bodies we can have on the floor, but what are the students allowed to do while they're at clinicals and how is that going to further their learning? Are they truly uh, receiving the experience that's needed so that when they graduate as that novice nurse, they're safe? Um, and so we, we battle with that um, every, every semester, every year. And it's definitely been compounded by the pandemic. Um, I mean, Everywhere around here in Duluth shut down. We had to go to a, a virtual learning um, experience for our clinicals, for our students, because um, we didn't have anything else. And you know, we were blessed to have the virtual program um, that we adopted from uh, Walter Kluwer. But we, we hear, we have other nursing programs in our, our area, and we, we do hear of students who are trying to get into programs, but because there's that lack of, of faculty, um, that is a problem that is really coming to light. We see it in the national news as they talk about legislation in many different states that are starting to address this issue. Um, and then also trying to keep our students engaged. As we look at the educational process, they do want that interaction. They want something that is immersive. And so to be able to flip that classroom and have those active learning hands-on experiences that we know uh, enhance their clinical judgment formation is extremely vital to the formation of that student nurse. Absolutely. It's so well put. And uh, it just while you were talking, it made me sort of think back to my university experience in nursing. And one thing that just stood out to me is how poorly matched the delivery modality can sometimes be with the 
intent, purpose, and learning objectives of the the course. Um, one in one year, my understanding clinical communication course. I still remember the title of it because I remember what I wrote in the evaluation from it. Was delivered. It was one of the few units that was delivered wholly online, and this was about thirteen years ago, which meant that it was essentially e-reading, and there was no practice, no role play. Um, very a few discussion boards, but that was it, and that was the unit on clinical communication for yeah, nursing. That says a lot, right there, Jesse. That says yes, a lot. Yes, it does. <laughs> it, it does, and it kind of makes me shudder um, now as someone that's so passionate about immersive learning and then looking at technology enhanced learning. But uh, that. I think it's so fantastic that we're at a point um, technological capability-wise where we can start to try and produce simulated real-world um, matching sort of experiences. So that gives us a nice little dive into, I guess, the what of what we're going to um, zone in on, and that's the vSIM program. Um, I wonder if, Julie, you might be able to give us uh, lift the curtain a little for our listeners on vSIM and give us a little bit of its origin and evolution story, if you don't mind. Yeah, sure. And I love thinking um, that vSIM has an origin story. It's such a great way to think about it. Um, you know, the beginning of vSIM really was we were looking at what was happening in the classroom um, and, and at the school, and we were seeing how simulation labs were being used. Um, but when we were talking to sim lab directors and faculty, we were seeing some of the same scaling issues. So we were seeing the benefits of a safe practice environment, the actual benefit, um, Jackie talked about this, of being able to practice as opposed to being an observer. Um, but we were seeing some of the same challenges of scaling, right? It, it takes a lot of hours and expertise to program simulation. Um, the student to simulation ratio, right? You're going to still have students observing with, you know, high fidelity or standardized patient um, simulation. So it was definitely addressing some of the challenges in terms of engagement um, and the concerns about getting that realistic, um, safe practice environment, but still, still definitely not all, not, not addressing all of the challenges. And through that, we were fortunate enough to connect with Lairdall Medical, who is our partner in vSIM for Nursing, as well as the National League for Nursing, who is um, our author of our simulation scenarios. Um, and from there, you know, I realized after we did this, there's a word for it, um, and it's called co-development or co-creation. So we did co-creation with our customers. Um, it was such a great experience uh, because we pulled together an initial expert advisory board. So we had people, um, the leading nurses in simulation theory and practice and education, and they were on our advisory board. And together, we really were sitting down and saying, okay, how do we solve this problem together? Um, and we built the product concept. And the concept really wasn't only about creating a screen-based interactive experience. Um, you know, that was the benefit of having nurse educators um, and simulation experts on our team, because it was really thinking about the end-to-end -end whole learning experience. So about it being a true clinical offering, where every moment from pre-simulation to post-simulation is about developing that student's sense of being confident um, as well as competent clinically. Um, 
you know, we wanted to create a safe learning environment where students can interact. We knew that one of the values of simulation practice is actually the debrief itself. So thinking about collecting the data um, and offering personalized feedback. So it's one-to-one. And then backing that up, because again, we are a healthcare publisher with evidence-based remediation. so that just all led us to where we are today, which, you know, we're, debu- we're debuting our next generation of vSIM, which was really about ensuring we retained all the quality and currency and accuracy of our product, but also because this is a modality. Again, we talked about this in the beginning. Uh, technology is fast-paced, and it offers us a lot of opportunity. So how can we continue to take advantages of the, the um, technology progressing while uh, still providing a valuable experience to our students and educators. Fantastic. Great origin story. I I might just um, take a step to Jackie to just, I guess, flesh this out into a bit more something tangible of what does this look like in your program? And even if you could kind of describe um, a vSIM experience for the learners um, as you've sort of observed. Oh, absolutely. So um, we have fully integrated this product into our curriculum in every program and throughout every semester and almost every single course in the semesters. Um, And the beauty of this program, and I'm very passionate about VSIM because you can use it in so many different ways and engage the learners. So we have it positioned in our programs where it is an assignment that's due before class. It's kind of their ticket into class, or you can position it after class to reinforce the knowledge and content that was discussed or um, uh, utilized in case studies and and whatnot. Uh, My favorite way of using vSIM has been in the classroom. Uh, We utilize it before students come to simulation. So, and we talk about it and and we can take the content. So when you you start with a vSIM, it's a a six-step workflow. There's suggested readings based out of the textbooks. There's monographs from our Lippincott advisor that fully prepare the learner for the experience they're about to have. So if the student does their suggested readings and reads the monographs, they have a great base to launch from as they go into the virtual simulation. And so when I use this in class as my active learning activity, the students are required to do step one, all that reading, before they come into class. And then the next step is a quiz that the students can refresh the answers, re-answer if they get it wrong. Um, It's based off of the suggested reading. So now they know where their knowledge deficits are when they take that quiz. And they can go back and remediate so that they're solid. They have a good foundation before they launch into the vSIM. And the third step is the vSIM itself. So when they launch into this, they're they're on this web-based program. And what comes up is a report. It is in SBAR communication format. So they're learning how we communicate in healthcare, how we compartmentalize information to provide um, a very concise report or, or, you know, form of communication with whether it's healthcare providers or their nursing staff, even family members. 
Um, and so they can read through that S bar. And when they launch the vSIM, they go into the, the electronic health record that is embedded into the product. So again, we are now uh, demonstrating a mental model. When we go on the floor as nurses, we get our assignment. What do we do? We get into the computer and we learn a little bit more about our patient. So here's our students getting to know a little bit more about their patient. And what I love with this is then they can start to look at the cues, look at the data that's in that EHR, and it starts the wheels thinking, oh, my mind, my eyes just went to the fact that the hemoglobin seven, that's a concern. And it starts the thought process of what could be some potential problems I might encounter with this patient. What solutions do I need to have ready? And so we're, we're teaching this product, teaches them how to think like a nurse. What do they notice? What does that make them think? What do they need to do? What barriers are in their way? What solutions do they need? Do they need to reach out and communicate? And so they're, they're getting a, an idea of this patient through the EHR, and then they launch in, and they have to practice what we do day in, day out at the bedside. They go in, they introduce themselves, they identify their patients, they run through all these safety steps that, you know, when we're in our skills lab and, and we're practicing with them, it's that step that they could literally rattle off in their sleep. I've identified my patient, I've reviewed all policies and procedures, I've provided for privacy. They have to do it. So they're creating this mental model of, of an approach to care. And as the vSIM, they do these things, they can only do one item at a time. So this helps with their critical thinking. What is the priority right now? And they have to choose. And based on what they choose, there's that internal format or scoring method, I should say, that then gives them a result. So by the time they've walked through assessments, interventions, administration of drugs, um, and, and calling a provider if need be, uh, some of the scenarios they're doing CPR using an AED. So there's various skill levels with these vSIMs. By the time they're done, um, they will have immediate feedback. So this is a formative assessment tool immediate feedback on how they did and have, they have multiple opportunities to go back and refine the care they provided. So we've, we incorporate deliberate practice by having the students do this VSIM over until they reach a passing score. And the other thing that I love about this, when they walk through that whole process, then they're able to use their analytical thinking. So all their book smarts, but we know in nursing school, we don't develop the intuition and the storytelling, which are also very important components to clinical judgment formation. And this product does that. It gives them a story. So they might walk into clinical, and because they did Carl Shapiro VSIM, they look at their patient. Somebody says, oh, goodness, this rhythm doesn't look good. And all of a sudden, they're like, oh, wait, I've seen this before. This is what I need to do because I did it in the virtual world. And what a gift that is for our students to be able to be the nurse virtually in that safe environment. And then the rest of the vSIM process, they quiz on what happened in that vSIM. They document. So again, we're, we're enforcing that mental model of I did something, I document it. And then we reflect and they learn in that debrief with the guided reflections. They talk amongst each other. And so when I do this in class, we'll walk through that whole 
workflow and the students drive the entire event. They choose what needs to be done. They can give rationale for why they need to do it. Um, and we proceed and then we break it down. So if it went really well, then we talk about what was your mindset? What did you see and notice that allowed you to do all these correct steps? And if it didn't go well, we do the same. What did you see? What did it make you think? And we guide them back to what would have been the correct sequencing and why. And we help change that thought process. Fantastic. What a what a vivid description. I could actually feel myself walking through that with you. So that's I'm just, I mean, I'm sitting here touching my heart. I'm just like, wow, this is why I do what I do. So <laughs> it wraps everything. You know, when we talk now, we have next to Jen um, NCLEX here in the United States, and we talk about clinical judgment formation. This resource does it all. And so to, to have that and to know that our students can practice in that safe virtual environment. Um, and if they're sick from and can't go to clinicals, we can still give them a virtual patient to take care of, or if they're in quarantine, you know, to just have this resource, it has impacted our program and the resources we have, we, we use the Course Point Plus resources that VSIM is a part of. You know, we have noticed a difference in the mentality, the approach to patient care that our students have, and their ability to think like a nurse. We have seen a definite increase in our program in the quality of, of work and thought processing our students do. Fantastic. I mean, that's kind of taken me, uh, taken us through the what and into that so what uh, um, of the the program and the experience that you've had. I really, uh, to kind of summarise, I suppose to the uh, to this point, I'm thinking. I like to think about any of these sort of educational interventions or clinical um, decision rule interventions. I find the thought process of relevance, reproducibility, and reliability as three really kind of good domains to have a look at and I'm picking up the the relevance factor is super high in that and I think Julie you hit on it that the co-development and co-design is a huge factor that has meant that this slots into both not just curriculum but actually um, Jackie you gave the insight into how this actually guides process so both the explicit curriculum and I guess the scaffolded or subtle curriculum of um, the design is really very relevant to nursing um, from a both skill and process point of view. Um, I, the, the reproducibility, I think I'm picking up that there's that, in, again, that inherent structure makes this relatively easy to deploy into existing curriculums without with, with high sort of reproducibility and not a lot of not as much dependence on facilitator skill not taking anything away from you Jackie because I'm sure your your students are getting a richer experience than someone with a lower skilled facilitator but it, in separation from physical simulation I would say there was such a huge weight on facilitator skill and training with physical simulation to achieve some reproducibility, which adds another problem across faculty shortage is in the state. So that's my little, I guess, summary points of the relevance and reproducibility. I don't know if either of you guys had anything to add in there and for a 
have a quick wrap up around this reliability. Yeah, and I'll just, I mean, I'll echo a few, I think you hit it there, Jesse. The the thing also, as we were thinking about this, right, um, was, you know, not everybody is Jackie. And I think also, like, how could it be implemented? And that was the other thing we were very, and again, fortunate enough to have people who understand what it means to change curriculum um, and changes approaches. And, you know, so what we also did um, with vSIM is we developed implementation guides and we actually designed studies around different implementations of vSIM, what was working most successfully for educators and faculty. National League for Nursing was our partner in that. And so at the beginning, when we did launch vSIM, we actually did those studies. And I think that'll go to also the the relevance, right, um, piece of it and reliability piece of it, um, because we wanted to make sure that we weren't coming up with this innovation that felt like a burden. It wanted to be a value, right? Um, And what we saw with that is people like Jackie, where it was initially thought of as potentially an add-on modality, Right. Um, And it's really, truly carved out that permanent place in nursing education. Um, You know, it is part of the curriculum versus something that's done at the end or over to the side. Um, And we were very, very thoughtful about making sure that we were giving the resources to educators to do that um, in a way um, that was approachable. Um, as well as as not adding more work to their plate because they already have enough, quite frankly. <laughs> so that's really great. I, uh, did you have anything to add there, Jackie? I was just going to say, you know, the way it's structured as far as uh, reproducibility, the wonderful resources that are there, as Julie talked about, the implementation guides. Uh, we have every nursing program has adjunct faculty. And so a lot of ours are are placed in clinicals and you don't have to be a highly skilled facilitator because you have the resources in front of you. The workflow is already set with the debriefing guides and the overview guides for the vSIM that you're utilizing. Any nursing faculty member could work their way through those guides and be just fine. And that's another you know, what I really um, appreciate uh, as well, because um, we, we don't have a lot of time as nursing educators to have to recreate or create new. Um, and I, I've never felt that the vSIM resource was burdensome because everything that I needed was there. And when we share it with our adjuncts, uh, they, they, also echo that same sentiment. That's fantastic. And I, I guess I, I'm reading between the lines of um, your comments on the evaluation of, of the rollout of the product, Julie, but I'm assuming a big part of your evaluation of the success of the rollout is how much and to what degree this is being used. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I got the sense with a lot of simulation products during the, the boom of mannequin production and universities buying up lots of mannequins that um, there wasn't necessarily the same um, inherent evaluation of are we doing the right thing as a business? Is our product actually being used or is there a lot of expensive white elephants um, sitting around? Um, it's very heartening to hear that a part of your 
evaluation is the usage and uptake. Um, and I, I guess is it uh, is it too early to sort of have a bit of a picture on um, that that sustainability of how it's being used? Yeah, it's a great question. And I would say just going to your comment, I was nodding when you were saying that because the other thing that we have, I mean, again, um, in many situations, the cost of, of vSIM and Course Point Plus, which is the curriculum tool, I mean, that is being passed on to the student, right? Um, and we have very discriminating customers in that regard. Um, so if it's not being used, um, you can be sure we will hear about that um, and, and at scale. So it is, it is critically important for us to create a product um, that has value, um, and is used. Um, you know, we do a lot of studies in terms of with nurse educators and students. One of the more recent ones, you know, is whether or not students would recommend a product. Um, Jesse goes back to kind of your online course, right? Would you have recommended that? Um, <laughs> you know, so, um, and our studies do show that 98% of students who use vSIM recommend it for future use and would recommend it to another nursing student. So to us, um, that's a pretty good grade by some pretty tough graders. Well, I think in the interest of time, I could keep chatting for ages. You guys are both <laughs> so engaging on, on this. Uh, I might sort of bring it to a bit of a wrap up. Um, I, I guess my summary there is that um, the best educational solutions are ones that are co-designed with the end user in mind, but also with actually thinking about process as well as skill acquisition. Um, I think the context that we're in has both driven the, and accelerated the nursing shortage, but the probably one of the few positives I can think of from a worldwide pandemic is it has also fostered collaboration that I don't think we've necessarily seen both between different silos of healthcare, but also between different industries in healthcare. Mm -hmm. And I think um, any company selling a product uh, the the interest in actually making sure it's um, being used um, is is actually a really high goal from both a I think a moral and ethical point of view, but also from a quality um, point of view. So very very happy to hear that um, that's a big part of the reliability component of it. Um, I'd like to just kind of finish off one by thanking you both um, for your time massively. Um, I know we're at different ends of the day. And two, to just kind of give us a little um, bit of a sort of where, where can people reach out to you if they want to chat to you more um, and how can they find out a little bit more about vSIM? That's great. Um, thanks, Jesse, for your time. And also thank you, Jackie, I mean, for the wonderful words. I mean, quite honestly, uh, you, this is why we do what we do. Um, if people do want to reach out to me, um, definitely they can reach out to me through our Walters Kluwer website. Um, that's walterskluwer.com. And then also I'm on LinkedIn. Um, so feel free definitely to reach out to me. I'd be happy for the engagement. Fantastic. And Jackie? And if people want to reach out to me as well, um, I'm on LinkedIn, but also you can find me um, at Lake Superior College and uh, my email address is listed there under our faculty page. 
Beautiful. I'll put links to both of your LinkedIn profiles in our show notes on the website um, and a link to the website as well, Julie. So thank you again from the bottom of my heart. Thanks for tolerating a couple of uh, misstarts and the rain and storms and internet problems we've had today. Um, Really appreciate it. And it's been a really nice chat. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Come and join us on Twitter and Instagram at sim underscore podcast.